Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. If any Russian military forces move across Ukraine's border, Russia will pay a heavy price. Never has Russia threatened the Ukrainian people. They're testing us to see whether we will do anything of consequence. The legal challenges over the Texas abortion law allowing SB8 to remain in effect. On people's minds is the inflation. Inflation is killing us. Meatloaf has died. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is Friday, it is cold, and uh, the free sip is coming down on the way over to the studios. It was 28 degrees in my car, and the windshield was covered with ice when I went out to get in. So uh, give yourself some extra time. Now, the roads in Greenville... The ones I traveled on were not bad. They were still relatively dry. It hasn't been coming down hard. It's just been sort of spitting, but it appears that it was rain that was freezing on contact. So be aware. WNCT's forecast for tonight, heavy snow, frigid and breezy. Temperatures will bottom out in the teens to the lower 20s. There will be a wintry mix. And depending on where you are, you could see anywhere maybe up to six to eight inches in parts of eastern North Carolina, likely more like uh, three to four inches down near the coast. You're probably just going to see rain turning to ice. Um, But uh, it will be coming down tonight, later, and uh, tomorrow the sun will come out. It will not get warm. The highs will be in the mid-30s, and uh, it will stay cold pretty much through Sunday. So uh, good news is happening uh, on a Friday night and a Saturday. So uh, most folks are going to be home anyway. News and Observer is reporting that School Choice Week has an unexpected new supporter. must be uh, election season because uh, Roy Cooper actually signed a proclamation for the first time since he's been governor. Cooper issued a proclamation declaring Sunday through January the 29th as North Carolina School Choice Week. The proclamation is a surprise considering Cooper's opposition to the state's private school voucher program. In fact, his administration has really done nothing to support charter schools. The North Carolina Association for Public Charter Schools requested this proclamation and were honored. Uh, we honored that request, I should say, said George Jordan Monahue, a spokesperson for Cooper's office. Uh, the last time such a proclamation was signed was back in 2016 by then-Governor Pat McCrory. Cherry Beasley has uh, said that uh, had she been in the United States Senate, now if you wonder where she is on certain matters, uh, this will pretty much uh, give you a good understanding. If she becomes a senator, she said she would have voted in favor of the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Amendment, which uh, we know was just uh, nothing to do with voters' rights. It has everything to do with uh, the... Democrats taking over the election process by nationalizing it and putting themselves in charge to make sure that Republicans never win another election. Beasley doesn't say how she would have voted on keeping the filibuster, according to the tweet. But, however, back in October, Beasley made it clear that if elected, she would vote to eliminate the filibuster. Quote, as our nation confronts urgent challenges like recovering from the pandemic, expanding access to affordable health care, addressing climate change and reforming broken criminal justice systems time and time again, broadly popular common sense solution that America supports are blocked by the filibusters. Really? 
<laughs> really? So you think uh, more Americans want a, a George Soros criminal justice system? You think more Americans want the new Green Deal? Because that's what she—that's what they're saying when they say we need to address climate change. Yeah, I mean, climate change is on a list of about 30 different issues. It's about number 29 or 30. Uh, um, Americans right now, they could care less about climate change. In fact, they would hope, after they go through tonight, they would hope for some more global warning, warming. Uh, you know, it's interesting, though, the— uh, there's a poll out today just talking about uh, how the Democrats in Congress are, how do we say, they're just sucking mud. Uh, and it is because of these type of policies that they are sucking mud. Hold on. Here here it is. Town Hall. As Democrats in Congress start 2022 with the midterm elections looming, their own party's voters, their own party's voters are signaling they're not motivated to keep them in the majority at least according to new polling from Gallup, which came out today. According to the latest data, Congress as a whole saw, saw its favorability drop to just 18%. I mean, as bad as Biden is, he's up at 31%. And if you look at favorable polling for Biden, they have him up at 41%. But Quinnipiac this last week had him at 31%. Where is Nancy Pelosi and Chuckles the Clown Schumer? They're at 18%. But they want to tell you, they want to tell you that their their agenda is what America wants. I don't think so. I will do anything. Yeah, you will do anything. You'll say anything. So they, their favorability rate has dropped to eighteen percent. And by the way, now I think Democrats are leading the parade on this, but that's Congress as a whole. So you got to put the Republicans in there as well. Uh, dropping by half from its twenty twenty one high of thirty six percent. Now they're down to eighteen percent. Congressional Democrats are making used car salesmen and cockroaches look good. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad they are. The latest 5% point decline in congressional approval is largely attributed to a 10-point decline among Democrats whose frustration appears to be mounting with their party senators and representatives who hold majorities in both houses of Congress, Gallup reports. So the biggest reason for that drop is Democrats don't care for their Democrat leadership. And can you blame them? Now, granted, a, a lot of them are saying, because you're not getting it done. But there's a lot of them out there that don't want it to get done. It's the agenda that they're upset with. Dim voters are miffed at Nancy Pelosi and Chuckles the Clown Schumer as they dragged their caucuses to the left in attempts to appease radical segments of their party. Of course, the ultra-left, the AOCs, are saying, well, our poll numbers are bad because we haven't gone far enough left. For Democrats kicking off a midterm election with roughly just one in four party adherents approving of the job being done in Congress, things look bleak, now, I'd say. With the midterm elections less than 10 months away, which is still a long time, Pressure is mounting for Democratic legislature, legislators to deliver their goodies to their constituents. And again, it was, what's interesting is half the Democrats are mad because the goodies haven't been delivered. The other half are mad because they don't want them delivered. Democrats in Congress simply haven't proven they can lead. Uh, Democrat in the White House has proven he can't lead. <laughs> it is Sad. I mean, listen, even 
liberals that hated Donald Trump or independents that didn't care for him or, you know, or some Republicans that didn't care for him, all of them would have to admit he was a leader. Not so with the Democrats. So Cherry Beasley, she wants to, uh, she wants just to jump right in there and be a progressive. And she thinks that's a winning, the winning combination. I, you know, do, do people like Beasley, do, I mean, do you ever bother to pick up and read some of these polling numbers? You want to, you want to be just like Nancy Pelosi and chuckles, the clown Schumer and their approval ratings, 18%. Wow. March for Life returned to Washington, D.C. today. My wife and I used to go to that when we lived in Maryland many decades ago. We marched uh, just about every year. Last year it was virtual, but they are back on the streets. Tens of thousands went to the streets to protest Roe v. Wade. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the the Supreme Court uh, has a case moving through the court now, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, and uh, it could significantly weaken Roe v. Wade. This is a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks. And, by the way, the Supreme Court today rejected another request to block a Texas law, SB 8, which bans abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is at six weeks. So uh, the Texas Tribune reported that abortion providers in a legal challenge against SB 8 requested the Supreme Court to intervene in their ongoing lawsuit, and uh, the Supreme Court said no. Now, it, it's, it's not done, but they, wanted a, they want the Supreme Court to issue a stay so they could go back and start their abortions again. Uh, Whole Women's Health CEO Amy Hagstrom uh, Amy Hagstrom Miller told the uh, Tribune that it is unconstitutional and that it breaks her heart every time her clinic is forced to deny a woman an abortion. It breaks her heart every time she's denied the opportunity to collect a few hundred dollars to take the life of another baby. Sorry, that's how it is. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the march, as far as I have uh, read in today's uh, news, it sounds like it was an Another outpouring of literally thousands. I did see some photographs. I, I haven't heard an exact number yet, but it looked like literally tens of thousands of people marching. Um, a decision in this Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization is supposed to come out uh, by late June from the Supreme Court. During oral arguments in that case, which began in December, the court's six conservative-leaning judges appeared inclined to uphold Mississippi's abortion ban. So it, it, will this overturn Roe v. Wade? Probably not, but it will certainly put some heavy-duty parameters uh, around abortion, and uh, you will probably see other states that are more conservative in their state legislatures coming up with their own version of the Mississippi law, the 15-week law, or the Texas law, the six-week law. So... Uh, steps in right in the right direction will it get to the point that we go back to how it was prior to um january 22nd back in uh 1973 when roe v wade came out 
You know, it was interesting. There was an article out earlier this week. California is bragging that they will become America's abortion center. That's what they want to be known for. They actually plan on if if this Mississippi law is upheld, if the Texas law is upheld, if there is a pushback on just having, you know, open season on babies. Uh, California, Governor Newsom came out and said uh, he's all about making sure that uh, California abortions are um, there for the taking. I mean, they, they plan on making an industry out of it. You can't get an abortion in your, your state. Hey, we'll fly you out to California, put you up in a hotel, and uh, kill your baby for you. Forbes is reporting, along with a number of other media outlets, that a federal judge has once again said no to Joe. A district judge in Texas temporarily blocked the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for federal employees today as litigation against it moves forward, now leaving the White House policy for healthcare workers as its only vaccine requirement still in effect. District Judge Jeffrey Vincent Brown issued an injunction that temporarily halts the policy nationwide after a coalition of federal employees and contractors challenged it in court. Brown ruled Biden's overstepped his authority by enacting the employee mandate, saying that imposing the policy with a stroke of a pen without the input of Congress is a bridge too far. Basically, the judge really took what the Supreme Court came out with um, earlier this week. And of course, they had the oral arguments last week, but uh, basically said you can't do this without uh, congressional approval that, it, you know, the executive branch does not have the ability to create legislation, which, you know, regardless of whether Joe Biden or Barack Obama says, hey, I have a pen and a phone, I can do what I ever what I want to do. Uh, the courts are now pushing back. Uh, a bizarre story, a lot of stories out of Texas today. Um, Henry Cuellar is a congressman from Texas. Uh, he lives down in, uh, I think it's Laredo area of Texas. Yeah. And he has been, now he's a Democrat, but he has been very, very outspoken against the Biden administration concerning their border policy. And I, if you, you find most Democrats that live down on border states, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, most members of Congress are not happy with the Joe Biden administration and how they're dealing with the border crisis. He also, this guy, uh, uh, Cuellar, Henry Cuellar, he's also slammed Kamala Harris's trips. You know, she goes, I, I, I've been to the border, you know, her trips to the border. She, she's been down to Texas. I think she got maybe within 20 miles of the border. That was considered her trip to the border. He slammed Kamala Harris's little trip to Latin America, and rightfully so, says the town hall. Uh, what did it accomplish, he asked. He also penned a scathing letter last June pleading with her to get with the program on the border. Visiting it might be nice, you know, Cuellar said. So set all that up to say, according to Breitbart, they broke the story. The FBI, federal authorities, raided the house of U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar in Laredo, Texas. This happened on Wednesday. Now, they haven't said why. Here's a member of Congress 
who's been critical of the Biden administration, critical of the vice president, now, of their policies, or their lack of policies, quote, the FBI was present in the vicinity of Woodridge Drive and a state drive in Laredo conducting a court-authorized law enforcement activity. That's what the FBI revealed in a prepared statement. The FBI cannot provide further comment on an ongoing investigation. Federal authorities did not reveal a motive for the raid. The raid was first reported Wednesday afternoon by Valerie Gonzalez from the Monitor. According to the Monitor, Cuellar lives on the eight, uh, twenty or the 8200 block of a state drive, which is near the corner of Windridge Drive. So even a member of Congress, you're critical of uh, the deep state. They're going to come get you. This is a Democrat. By the way, speaking of the border, during a speech this week, the uh, it was a, a speech to the U.S. Conference of Mayors, Department of Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas, boasted about the administration's policy that does not consider illegal entry into the country a crime. Quote, he said, unlawful presence in the United States will alone not be a basis for an immigration enforcement action. In other words, he is doing what all these DAs and uh, attorney generals that were put into office by George Soros, basically saying, we are not going to enforce the law. We are looking for chaos. If we can, if we can get complete chaos, then we can do a do a restart, do a start over. And uh, guess what? Those people in charge, you're going to see more chaos. I mean, they want to cause the chaos. They want to just mayhem, so they can come in and say, "We'll fix it for you. We'll be the saviors." Hey, we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you on this Friday afternoon. What is it doing in your neck of the woods? Snowing yet? 561-8255. We'll be right back. One year since I took office. It's the year of challenges. The Omicron variant. The increase in crime. Inflation. Supply chain issues. Runaway gas prices. The crisis at the southern border. One year, and in less than a year. As we head into the midterm elections. I tell my Republican friends, here I come. What happens next happens here. It's top of the news. We'll tell the story on Talk 96.3 and 103.7 with Tom Lamprecht and Benny Hardy. Benny is off today. It's just Clark and I and uh, waiting on the snow. Take a look at your weather forecast. Snow and sleet likely before 7 o'clock, then all snow. Lower tonight around 23, depending on where you are. You could see uh, anywhere from zip snow to uh, maybe four to six inches. Of course, uh, we cover a pretty large area from Wilmington all the way up to the Virginia line and from uh, the eastern uh, Raleigh suburbs all the way out to the coast. So uh, depending on where you are will depend on how much snow you get. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny, a high near 32 it's going to be windy tonight and tomorrow, wind gusts as high as 22 miles per hour. Saturday night, a low of 16. Sunday, it warms up a little bit, sunny with a high of 42. Overall, it's going to be a cold weekend. By the way, 
Congratulations to America if you've uh, survived the last two years. Two years ago today, in 2020, the first confirmed case of COVID-19 was found in the United States. What a long two years it has been. 24 years ago, 1998, Bill Clinton said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Good job, Clark. <laughs> that wasn't my invitation. That was the uh, real thing. Yeah. Monica Lewinsky, 24 years ago today. And then 28 years ago today, this makes every male cringe. Lorena, Lorena Bobbitt found not guilty by reason of temporary insanity for chopping off her husband's uncle, Albert, because he abused oh my. her. Oh, yeah, wow. Cut them to the quick, and then some. Talking uh, before the break about uh, this uh, representative, Henry Cuellar, having his home invaded by the FBI. Don't know why, but uh, he was uh, critical of the president and the vice president and their policies. And uh, without explanation, the FBI raids his home. To go along with that, White House Press Secretary Jen Peppermint Patty Saki today vented as she expressed her frustration. This is cut one, Clark. Expressed her frustration over the Biden administration's devastating week following the failures of multiple Democrat policies uh, that have uh, failed to get through the Senate. She was on ABC's The View. Saki lamented the Senate voting down proposed federal voting legislation as well as a move to scrap the Senate filibuster. Here's how she encouraged the left to respond. Now, listen to her words. This is really insightful and will give you an idea of how the progressives operate. We have to keep fighting. Uh, look, I think this week has been frustrating, devastating angering, all of those things. And everybody who's been fighting for this, there's so many activists across the country who have been so central to getting to this point. I mean, just a year ago, there were more people who were opposed to filibuster changes in the Senate. So we've made some progress on that front, but we've got to stay at it. So my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad, angry, pissed off, feel those emotions, go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend, and then wake up on Monday morning. we got to keep fighting. And what that means, Lindsay, is we have to keep talking to members about federal legislation. That's essential. That's something that can be permanent, that can make sure people's rights are protected. But we also need to uh, make sure people are educated in states across the country about what their rights are, uh, how they can vote, when they can vote, how to request an absentee ballot. There's a lot we need to do on that front, and that's going to rely on the energy and the anger of those that activism as well. Do you notice the words she uses over and over and over again? Keep fighting. Activists, fight. Angry. Stay at it. Pissed off. Angry. Keep on fighting. You know, and is that just energy? I mean, they would say, well, you know, it's, um, we're being patriots by doing this. You remember um, when Sarah Palin was out, I can't remember who the candidate was, but uh, after she ran for the vice presidencies with John McCain, she was very popular, and she was out helping conservatives in races. And uh, there was one particular race in which she had put out a uh, graphic 
and uh, you know says we need to zero in and help so and so win this election. And they had a graphic, and it was basically looking through the sight of a rifle, and you had the cross marks of the of the sight. And the Democrats went crazy, saying that she was basically inciting using firearms to win elections. I mean, it's a typical crap that they spread. But listen to what Saki said there and how – now, what's really interesting about this, we're a democratic republic. We have a representative form of government. And Peppermint Patty here revealed the truth of how the progressives are now operating. I mean, it used to be a few decades ago they controlled all the media outlets. And when it was easy for them then, I mean, you know, Walter Cronkite, CBS, ABC, NBC – you know, they all moved further and further left, and they, they carried the water. Now, the mainstream media is still carrying the water for liberals, but they don't have the monopoly that they once had. So it was easy for them. And then they had all the courts wrapped up. I mean, they had just decades of liberal justices put in on courts at every level of the federal judiciary. And so when they couldn't win— they couldn't push their agenda through legislation. They couldn't win at the ballot box. So they basically would take it to the court system, and they'd win through the judiciary. Well, now, guess what? They don't have the ballot box. They don't have the monopoly on the media, and they don't have the court system anymore. So what are they doing? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, and I think she just spelled it out for you. Now, I I realize you can't take what she said and accuse her of any criminal activity. But the violence that is now coming from the left, and it's done under the rubric of, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, oh, we're we're a compassionate group, and we're, again, I mean, it's, it's amazing how liberals just fall all over themselves if you call them a racist. A white liberal, I mean, you know, it's it's like Dracula seeing a cross or the sun coming <laughs> in the door and they got to crawl back in the coffin. Heaven forbid you call a white liberal a racist. I mean, nobody wants to be called a racist, but my gosh, they will do anything when when you raise up the race flag on the flagpole. Even to the point of violence even to the point of tossing the way we have held elections, not just for years or decades, for centuries. And they want to toss all that. And, and, and when, uh, when Republicans say, no, no, wait a minute, we're not going to go along with your procedure that would basically put Democrats in charge of the election to make sure they'd win every federal election going forward, when the Republicans say, no, no, we're going to follow the rule of law, they then brand them as the racist. They, they, they like to push the narrative that they are doing something unconstitutional when it's 180 degrees in the other direction. The progressive's version of activism is not merely helping the candidate you like get elected or lobbying for your cause. It's the type of activism that we've seen over the last couple of years. We've seen it throughout 
primarily in large cities that are run by other Democrats. Why? Because they know they can get away with it. And Peppermint Patty basically expressed what the progressives are going to continue to do. They can't win at the ballot box. They can't win through the courts now. So what are they going to do? Unfortunately, they're, and until they're stopped, they're going to continue to try to go around the law. They're going to try to sell it emotionally. They're trying to put people in certain positions, like all these DAs that George Soros has put into office. Why? Because they basically are going to allow mayhem to run, run free. I mean, I, one of the reasons they don't want to enforce any of the laws, when these, quote, activists decide they want to take the law into their, old hand, their own hands, are you going to have these liberal DAs saying, well, they're justified in doing what they want to do? I think that's exactly what they're doing. Oh, five six one eight two five five. By the way, um, did you see where Janet Yellen called the uh, commander in chief's economic policy a remarkable success <laughs> during an interview on uh, CNBC? Yellen lauded decreases in the unemployment rate while expressing hope for lower inflation. Yellen said, "I think it has to be viewed as a remarkable success." that the unemployment has fallen the most in a year in American history. Um, <laughs> look, what you need to look at is give us a realistic number about the uh, participation rate, the labor participation rate, because that's got to be at an all-time low. I mean, yeah, nobody is filing for unemployment this past year because Biden has been paying everybody to stay home. The President Biden's economy observed 6.4 million new positions filled in 2021. Many note that 3 million jobs were lost during COVID-19. Meanwhile, inflation has dramatically increased from 1.4% to 7%, a four-decade high. How bad is it? Well, if you were earning $50,000 at the beginning of 2021, you now have the buying power of $48,800. That's how much has fallen off. Um, there was a Fox Business survey saying just one in six voters say they're better off financially than they were a year ago. But Janet Yellen says, hey, this is a great success. The same poll found that 47% of Americans believe Joe Biden's policies are hurting the economy, while 22 believe they're helping. So I take it Yellen must have been a part of that 22% thinking that Joe Biden is helping the economy. I mean, I mean, here you have the Treasury Secretary. I mean, we're, we're with morons like this in charge, we're in trouble. 5618255, is it Craig? Hey, Craig, how are you, sir? Good, sir, how are you? Uh, good to hear from you. I'm doing well on a cold and snowy evening. Yeah, that's another conversation for another day, but... Um... So first off, I want to say um, I thought Biden's press conference was was very good. And then <laughs> well, I realized because his because he didn't poop his pants or why? No, because he he lowered the bar so far. Oh, okay. All right. um, well. And then my, I have a prediction for you because all, right. all this spending you want to do gas prices and gas tax are associated with the price. It's a standard percentage. Gas. Yeah. Right. No, it's, 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 it's tied to the, the gallon. You wait for it. 
they're going to try to make it part of the percentage. It would not surprise me. Yeah, I think that's valid. I think it's very valid. Um, well, I mean, the other thing too is the 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 more they are, is this a deliberate way that they're going to try to inflate their way out of the debt? Of I mean, course it is. Yeah, your 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 dollars are worth less, and so you know they've got to pay them back. Well, they pay them back with dollars that are worth a whole lot less. I mean, you stop and think of it: one point four percent inflation to seven percent in a year. I mean, if we stay on that track, can you imagine how it's? I mean, remember back in uh, the end of World War II when inflation was so bad in Germany that you had to literally take a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread. Well, you stop and consider how quickly, I mean, you know, if, if we have it go to 14% this next time, then 21%, 28%. And is, is that unreasonable? Well, who'd have thought it'd go from 1.4% to 7% in a year? Yeah, it's only going to get worse. Yep. Hey, Greg, stay safe. Stay warm. So Fox News and Town Hall are both reporting, uh, speaking of Jen Psaki, she was confronted today in a press conference because a Fox News reporter asked Joe Biden earlier this week about what was going on between Russia and the Ukraine. And by the way, there's uh, rumors out now today that the United States is now considering helicoptering out the families of diplomats and any non-essential worker in Ukraine I mean, if that is true, then they realize that uh, whatever's going to happen over in Ukraine by the 100,000 Russian soldiers there. Uh, In fact, some people are speculating the only reason they haven't invaded is because they're waiting for things to get colder, for the ground to freeze harder, so they won't have their tanks get bogged down in muddy situations. But uh, Jen Psaki was asked about this uh, question that came from Jackie Hendrick asking the president at the end of a press conference, why are you waiting on Russian President Vladimir Putin to make the first move, sir? In other words, why aren't you uh, engaging with him now? To which Biden was caught on a hot mic. In fact, I had the audio, but it's too hard to, it's too hard to hear it over the, the crowd noise. I mean, you can make it out. But uh, Biden's response was, what a stupid question. Now, uh, Tennessee uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn is uh, all over Joe Biden saying, you know, what a chauvinist pig he is because a, a young lady asked the uh, question. But uh, it's a, and you know, look, a, lo- a lot of pushback now saying, wait a minute, that is a very legitimate question. But can you also th- consider the fact that how the media rose up and decried Donald Trump? because he called the mainstream media fake news. I mean, it, it was as if the freedom of the press was totally in jeopardy, that he was going to do away with the freedom of the press, that he was going to shut down the press. There won't be a, a, a you, you'll be here to hear crickets over the mainstream media questioning anything about uh, Joe Biden and muttering that a legitimate question was a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question? Because he didn't have an answer for it, that's why. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Speaking of fake news in the mainstream media, did you hear earlier this week National Public Radio, Nina Totenberg, she came out with a story that Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court was the bad guy because Sotomayor, who has diabetes, asked Neil Gorsuch to wear a mask. Neil Gorsuch sits next to Sotomayor on the bench, and he refused. John Roberts asked him, and he refused. And NPR made this big story about it. Well, Neil Gorsuch Gorsuch came out. Sotomayor came out. John Roberts came out. And they all said, that's not true. Sotomayor herself came out and said, that's not true. In fact, Sotomayor has been, on the oral arguments, has been doing it virtually, away from the bench. But she said, and John Roberts said, nobody has ever asked Gorsuch to wear a mask. It's a non-issue. It's a non-story. It's made out of whole cloth. It's fake news. Guess what? Nina Totenberg and NPR saying, we're standing by the story. (laughs) They have no proof. But it's just like, we can't be wrong. We're NPR. Don't you know who we are? (laughs) Oh, boy. Can't make it up. Town Hall has got an interesting story out on Anthony Fauci. There is a documentary out on Anthony Fauci. That is the big red flag. Anthony Fauci is in love with himself. You know exactly what the source is. (laughs) The source is this documentary. And what are you guilty of? You're guilty of being a narcissist. So the the story of the town hall and what what they're pointing out is in this documentary— they go into Fauci's home study, his office and his home, where he is typing away on the computer, and they pan around the room, and the room is full of portraits of himself. Now, listen, if you go into my office, you're going to see numerous pictures of my family, my wife, my grandkids, my daughters, and... I don't think my son-in-law's made it into any of them, but <laughs> my daughters, my grandkids. And you know what? I, I happen to be in some of those pictures with my loved ones, but I have no pictures of just me, a, a portrait of just me sitting in my office. I mean, in this documentary, there is a large canvas painting of Fauci over his computer. Inconceivable. I mean, listen, doesn't that answer a lot of questions about Fauci? I mean, he's in love with himself. And he can't be wrong. I mean, he's the guy that came out and says, if you disagree with me, you're fighting science. You're a science denier if you disagree with me. That's why he hates Ron Paul so much, or Rand Paul so much. He hates him because he actually gets challenged by Rand Paul. All the money they've got, I mean, just the the money that he has made hand over fist, as I said, two years ago today, the first case of COVID-19 
was reported in the United States. While many, many, many Americans have really gone through it in a hard way, in a bad way, many people have lost their lives, what does Fauci have to say for it? I'm a rich man. I'm a popular man. And apparently he's a man in love with himself. Hey, we've got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. Ride and shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Just stick my head out the uh, door and uh, it is sleeting out in uh, Greenville right now. So uh, if you're on the road, now when I came home, when I came over to the studios, uh, the, the roads were pretty empty. So you're, if you're listening, you're probably listening at home right now. Um, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago that it was... 24 years ago today, the Bill Clinton said this. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, Interesting story out of the Daily Wire. Prince Andrew's former girlfriend, Lady Victoria Harvey, asserts that Jeffrey Epstein and former U.S. President Bill Clinton were like brothers. Harvey is 44. She said Clinton was definitely very close to Jeffrey. She pointed out the fact that uh, Jeffrey Epstein had a picture of Bill Clinton painted of him in the blue dress, the notorious blue dress. Uh, She said they were like brothers, you know, and he was close to Ghislaine as well. Uh, In fact, Ghislaine Maxwell attended Chelsea Clinton's uh, wedding in uh, 2010. And according to the Daily Mail, back in 2016, when Hillary was uh, going to run for president, Jeffrey Epstein's attorney contacted the couple who managed Epstein's private island in the Caribbean between 1999 and 2007 and asked them to sign a swore affidavit declaring they had never seen President Bill Clinton on the little St. James Island, known by locals as Pedophile Island. Yeah. Um, So uh, eh, Bill Clinton and uh, the Hildebeest, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's uh, Andrew, Prince Andrew, apparently has uh, now basically had all his uh, royalty taken away from him by his mother, and he's now off of social media. Uh, I think he regrets the day he ran into Jeffrey Epstein, and perhaps Bill Clinton will regret that day one day soon, too. Hey, listen, be careful if you're on the road. Stay warm and dry and uh, put an extra log on the fire. Get your long johns on. It's going to be cold. Bring the dog in. Bring the cat in. And we will see you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.